Hi there, I'm Fred Deutsch, Republican member of the South Dakota House of Representatives. I believe that children are our future, straight white children, beautiful children with soft hair and that smell that drives me crazy. I just think about South Dakota's children all the time, constantly. We've got to protect them from dangerous ideas like independent thinking and bodily autonomy. Attention South Dakota residents, everything is fine. Everything is beautiful. Go back to your homes. Go back to your jobs. Trust in the authority. Work. Eat. Stay asleep. Work. Eat. Stay asleep. Work. Eat. Stay asleep. Work. Eat. Stay asleep. Keeping you docile and distracted of uncertainty. This is the South Dakota Department of Propaganda Podcast. Here are your authority figures, Steve and Corny. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the South Dakota Department of Propaganda Podcast a cynical attempt to distract you from the systematic dismantling of everything you hold dear. I'm your host, Steve, and with me, as always, is my good pal and show mascot, Corny. It is easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. Oh, Frederick Douglass, nice one. Good quote, Corny. Who said what now? Moving on. This week's topic is how our legislature failed Native children in 2023. The history of the relationship between the tribes and the state of South Dakota is complex and often marked by conflict and tension. Prior to European colonization, the land now known as South Dakota was home to various Native American tribes, including the Lakota, Dakota, and Nakota. These tribes had their own distinct cultures, traditions, and governance systems. However, with the arrival of European settlers, the relationship between the tribes and the state began to change. In the late 1800s, the U.S. government began a policy of forcibly removing Native American children from their families and placing them in boarding schools, where they were forced to abandon their language and culture and assimilate into mainstream American society. This policy was particularly devastating for the tribes in South Dakota, as many of their children were sent to boarding schools in the state. The federal government also entered into treaties with the tribes, which established reservations for them in exchange for their land. However, these treaties were often broken or ignored, leading to further loss of land and resources for the tribes. Throughout the 20th century, the relationship between the tribes and the state of South Dakota continued to be marked by conflict. The state often took actions that were detrimental to the tribes, such as attempting to tax their lands or refusing to recognize their sovereignty. In response, the tribes fought for their rights and autonomy, often through legal means. Today, the relationship between the tribes and the state of South Dakota remains complex. While there have been some positive developments, such as the state's recent adoption of Native American history and culture standards for K-12 education, there are still many issues that need to be addressed such as the overrepresentation of Native American children in the foster care system and the ongoing fight for tribal sovereignty and control over their lands and resources. Native American children in the South Dakota foster care system are disproportionately represented. Although Native American children make up less than 15% of the state's child population, they account for more than 60% of children in foster care. 
There are several reasons for this disparity. One factor is the historical trauma experienced by Native American communities. The forced removal of children from their families and placement in boarding schools and foster care has had lasting effects on Native American communities, including mistrust of government institutions and a reluctance to engage with child welfare agencies. Another factor is the lack of resources and support for Native American families. Poverty, unemployment, and inadequate housing are common issues facing Native American communities in South Dakota, which can lead to increased risk of child abuse and neglect. Additionally, there is a shortage of Native American foster homes, which can make it difficult to place Native American children in culturally appropriate placements. The Indian Child Welfare Act, ICWA, is a federal law that provides protections for Native American children in the foster care system. It requires that efforts be made to keep Native American children with their families and within their communities whenever possible, and that Native American families be given priority in placement decisions. However, there have been instances where ICWA has not been fully implemented, leading to further harm to Native American families and communities. The overrepresentation of Native children in the care of the state was the catalyst for Senate Bill 191, which sought to establish a task force composed of tribal leaders, the Department of Social Services, DSS, the Unified Judicial System, and state lawmakers to work together to promote the welfare of Native children. The bill, which faced no opposition in legislative committees, failed 42, 26 in the House of Representatives this year. The decision to not address the welfare of Native children through a task force at this time was an affront to the Oglala Sioux tribe, who called the action deplorable. We tried to come to the table. We tried to work with the states. Oglala Sioux tribe Vice President Alicia Mousseau was quoted by Kelloland News at the time. We're more than disappointed because our children are relying on this. Our families are relying on this. Our nations are relying on the ability for us to work with the state. But if the state doesn't want to work with us, you know, we've done that part. This issue is so important to the tribe that in 2022, they issued a state of emergency for the Indian Child Welfare Act program and Child Protective Services. They are encouraging the other tribal nations of South Dakota to do so as well. That declaration of a state of emergency will allow the other tribes to use any and all measures to ensure the health, safety, and welfare of our children, which we need to do at this point since the state does not want to work with us, Musso said. The last time the state addressed the welfare of Native children in South Dakota was in 2004, when then-Governor Mike Rounds established a commission to take action. Governor Rounds in 2004 established an ICWA coalition to look at these issues, and in 2005, they put out 30-plus recommendations, and only a few of those recommendations were put into law, Musso said. Since then, Musso said that the number of Native children in the care of the Department of Social Services has remained the same. Nothing has changed, Democratic Representative Perry Poirier said over the phone Thursday. Poirier was the House sponsor for the bill and gave a passionate testimony Wednesday to persuade fellow lawmakers to vote to create the commission. But her emotional speech and the bipartisan support wasn't enough to advance the bill. Republican Tony Van Huysen spoke against the bill saying that the Indian Child Welfare Act, ICWA, is currently pending before the Supreme Court of the United States and now is not the time to reconsider state laws when it's not yet clear what the future looks like for ICWA. Van Huizen also took issue with the composition of the task force, as it would be comprised of representatives from all nine tribal nations, two DSS representatives, 
two representatives from the state courts, and four lawmakers. Four legislators on a 17-person committee, but we're paying for it. We're staffing it, and again it would be meeting at least twice as much as a normal committee, Van Huizen said. Poirier said that Van Huizen's comment on funding is not true. The bill, Poirier explained, was amended to be staffed and funded by the executive board as an interim legislative committee that would have met eight times and dissolve on November 15, 2024. She said that the legislature would have only been responsible for paying for the lawmakers and legislative research council staff, while the other stakeholders would have mechanisms to fund themselves to attend the meetings. They all had reasons to not support, so I fixed all those reasons, Poirier said so there was no valid reason to vote no on this bill. As far as Brackeen v. Holland, Poirier said no matter what the Supreme Court decides, the state of South Dakota needs to address this issue here at home. We have to decide as South Dakota lawmakers what is important to us, Poirier said. Is the disproportionate rates of Native children in the state system an issue that is a priority to the state of South Dakota? And the state of South Dakota said no. The House of Representatives said there's not a problem here. During a Republican leadership conference, Representative Will Mortensen said, while this issue is close to his heart, the bill was untenable. You don't need a bill to have meetings, Mortensen continued. If you want to be able to get the people in the room to start addressing these topics, we can do that, and we don't need a law to do that. Throughout the 2023 legislative session, the legislature has passed four bills to create task forces on various topics. Poirier said that the decision to create a task force rather than going through the executive board for a summer study, which Mortensen referenced in the conference, was to bring the tribes to the table to communicate with the state. A summer study, she explained, would only be comprised of legislators. And if the logic is we don't need a bill to have meetings, then I would say, well, we don't need task forces. We don't need legislative studies. We should be just, we should just stop doing that. Poirier said. Mousseau and Poirier both said that the tribes are struggling to get the state to the table to talk about this issue, which is why SB 191 was crucial. If it was simple as calling somebody up, we would have done that, but there's no collaboration in fighting it, so we wanted to bring a bill that would look at it, Poirier said. While the tribes are sovereign nations, there are many treaties in place between them and the United States government that provides a bureaucratic framework between the two entities. But that relationship doesn't extend to services relating to children, Mousseau explained. They continue to have us work with states when states are not sovereign nations, Mousseau said. States do not know how to be diplomatic when dealing with us. During the State of the Tribes in January, Mousseau said the governor's office disrespected Crow Creek Chairman Peter Lenkeek when Governor Noem's chief of communications, Ian Fury, responded with a fact-check of the chairman's address relating to the often tenuous relationship between the state and tribes. That would never happen had we gone to another nation, right? When you're invited by another nation, you're allowed to give your statements and it's not criticized, Mousseau said. I would also like to point out some of their fact-checks were wrong, you know, so that that was very disrespectful. That was not diplomatic. Communications with the state have been difficult for the Oglala Sioux tribe. Mousseau said that when they reached out to the Department of Social Services to get in touch with the ICWA representative, they received few answers and continue to struggle to get in touch with the state on these issues. I understand governments are bureaucracies, right? But yes, there needs to be better communication. 
We thought this task force that would be established through Senate Bill 191 would help with that communication, Musso said. On the other end of the spectrum, Musso said communication with other tribal nations has been easier. So we're going to have to figure out how to continue to, you know, open up communication and work together, Musso said. The Oglala Sioux Tribe is calling on the eight other tribal nations in South Dakota to declare a state of emergency on ICWA to provide them with the resources to navigate the issue together as sovereign nations. We all have to come to the table to come up with these solutions together, to put our minds together to see what we can do for our children, and that's what we're doing here at the Oglala Sioux Tribe, Musso said, and we just wish the state had wanted to come to the table with us and put our minds together so we can see what we can do for our children in the state of South Dakota, because they're our children as tribal nations, but they're also children of South Dakota as well. Uh, our Treasury Secretary was was over in Ukraine. I think it was last week, wasn't it? What are we doing in Ukraine? Yeah. I, uh, what, what is happening? Why, why is Hillary Clinton well, over there today? What, 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 what is this? I think it's time as Americans that we learn to accept that we are servants of Russia, the last great bastion of conservative Christian values in the world. Vladimir Putin is a great leader and a man of peace who I'm sure would be happy to extend us generous terms if we surrendered Ukraine to Russia without further resistance or delay. Look at the strong stance that Russia has taken to battle the trans threat. A few dead Ukrainians is a small price to pay for our children's souls. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to call into the podcast, you can leave a voicemail at 605-937-8925. You can also send audio by direct message or record a message and send it to infosouthdakotatruth.com. Just remember, anything you say or think while calling will be recorded and may be played unedited on the podcast. Thank you for listening to the South Dakota Department of Propaganda podcast. 